Hello, my name is Zach Robichaud. And I'm Jackie Mignot. You're listening to the podcast Made Flesh. Conversations about an embodied faith. We are at the spectacular Calgary Central Library, sipping our Luke's coffee, sitting down with people to talk about the incarnation. We aren't reporters or experts, but we are questioners, and we are on a quest to have a conversation around the central Christian belief that God became flesh. We are going to be, uh, in this episode, talking about the Incarnation, but talking with Fei Yu, who is a um, World Renew development worker in Malawi uh, that the church Zoc and I go to partners with. And so when she came to town last year, we thought it would be great to sit her down and talk to her about um, just how her work reflects an incarnated gospel. Um, how does the word made flesh, this Jesus made flesh, how does that inform the work she does? And we had this really great conversation of, about um, what an embodied faith says to development work. But I, I, Zach and I were talking before, and we noticed when we were having this conversation, we seemed to be circling quite a bit around um, how to do the work of development from our places of privilege and wealth to uh, not as privileged and not as wealthy parts of the world. And so that's a, it, it's a thorny problem. And so I feel like keep a listen and you'll see we get to this really interesting point about where the incarnation and embodiment, embodying the body of Christ can lead us. Um, but yeah, we were, I was listening to him like we are ta- talking around being white saviors in a way uh, that might feel uncomfortable or we weren't totally knowing how to speak around this. So I just wanted to kind of lay that out there and get that out. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I think uh, keep a listen to Faye's heart. Mm. Um, she really uh, is bringing her whole self to this, which mm. I think speaks to an embodied, just being aware of uh, her own needs, but also the needs of the people around her and mm. how to... Um, uh, she she really challenged me in, in our discussion, which I, I really appreciated. Uh, this is been a topic that's been close to my heart for a long time. Um, Yeah, give it a listen, and uh, welcome to episode two. Okay, my name is Faye Yu. I am a program consultant in Malawi with World Renew. I've been living in Malawi for the last five years. I work and partner with local churches um, development departments to try to um, implement projects that will encourage the community to work together, encourage the community to identify challenges that they face, encourage the community to understand um, what God has called us to as Christians, how we're supposed to love our neighbors better and um, work together to bring a little bit more restoration in in the communities that we live in. Um, So we do that through a lot of community development with churches and church communities. But we also um, specifically tackle three different sectors and kind of focus 
um, three different areas. So that is food security, so helping people to get enough food to eat. That's livelihood. So how can people make or money or, or somehow some kind of um, uh, activity that they can bring income into the family? Right. And then health. So health could, is very broad. So that could be HIV prevention, but it's also looking at maternal child health. How can um, mm. how can kids grow up and not be chronically malnourished and grow up to be um, uh, capable people? Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, so easy, easy work. Easy solutions. <laughs> I think we're still trying to figure out how to do that better. Right. And I think mm-hmm. with every community that we work in, it's going to be slightly different because mm-hmm. people are different. And um, I think we can be our worst enemies and we sabotage mm. our own development and we may know certain things and know how we should be loving our neighbors better or be better people, but uh, we fail to do that, even though we know that may be best. Mm -hmm. So I think with the community development work that we do, it's it's using a a good sound biblical framework. So studying the Bible, like what does God say about our relationship with the environment? What does God Mm -hmm. say about our relationship with our community, with a relationship with our husbands or our wives or our children. Um, um, what is the role of pastors and religious leaders in community? So looking at all of those different relationships and to not give a blanket statement of those are correct because those are the ways that we've always done it, but to mm. look at what Scripture says about those things mm. and to see how can we make those relationships better so that it it um, is partnering what, with what God wants to do mm-hmm. in that community. Mm-hmm. One question that came to mind as you're talking is, could you give a definition of development? Like for you, like what does that look like? I'm, you kind of, maybe this a little bit of this exploring the relationships is a little bit of what would be involved with development, but is there, do you have a standard go-to, this is what development is or development work is, what the work is, or is it kind of, Different. How would you put words to that? (laughs) Um, I'm hesitant to say something Mm -hmm. because as soon as I say something, I'll think about it and then go, oh, shoot, I I missed that part and that was really integral. Um, So the way that we're approaching development and and one of the main reasons that we work through ch- local churches mm-hmm. is that we realize that churches are in communities currently mm-hmm. and they will be in in villages and communities after we leave right. um, and if we're able to help those churches have a better understanding of right relationships that they should have with one another with their family with the cre- with their with their god with with creation um mm. they can write using the resources that they have using um or working together as neighbors 
um, they can start to solve some of the challenges that say, they right. see. And then I, the role I see that we play, um, besides kind of like it could be um, helping people to be able to read the Bible in a more personal mm -hmm. way, um, is also to um, give them tools that help them to um, uh, examine what their current realities are mm -hmm. a bit more. Right. So instead of saying, um, for example, in, in, you know, gender mainstreaming streaming is, is huge in the development world right now. And um, we realize that if we want households to improve economically, if we don't tackle some of the gender injustices in the household, mm. families really can't get better. So what I mean by that is, let's say a husband um, farms a piece of land but he is the main decision maker. So he's the one that decides how money should be used, what they right. should be buying. Mm -hmm. um, and while the wife may be the person that's cooking and preparing the food, she doesn't have the right to decide what they're going to eat that evening, how they're going to mm -hmm. spend the money, what are they going to what they're going to buy for groceries. He has on what is the best use of money. Right. Um, and the woman may or may not be consulted. Um, and um, so it affects the, the well-being of the children because they may not be fed what they need to be right. fed. Right. Or um, if they don't believe girls should go to school, if there's limited um, money in the household, mm -hmm. then that means there's always going to be preferential treatment for, for um, the boy child. So all of those things like... Right. The well-being of a household. If you don't, if you don't right. tackle some of those um, ideas and of of, of gender and uh, male and female roles, mm -hmm. then then they're stuck. Mm -hmm. But you can't go into a community or a household and say, "Hey, <laughs> this right. is not fair." This or is this the way not... we should be doing it. Right. It's the twenty-first century. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like we had a training for pastors on on gender tools, and and one of the the best feedback we got after the training was, one of the pastors wrote, oh, "Wow, I thought um, gender mainstreaming was um, it was Western propaganda. Now I realize that okay, it, like the Bible does say something about mm -hmm. about oh, yeah those gender dynamics." Um, well, specifically, can you say what what Jesus says about those gender dynamics? Like, do you take? I mean, are you taking some Old Testament uh, stories, or are you are you taking some of Paul's writings or Jesus' statements? So, in in the, in the context of the, our conversation regarding the incarnation, so God showing us who He is and who we are. Uh, what does Jesus have to say about gender mainstreaming? Mm -hmm. So we uh, like our first. Um, exposure would be looking back even into Genesis, okay. like um, right. um, role of uh, of why men and women were created, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, if we look at even some of the New Testament writings about of of um, the way that Jesus interacted with women. Um, mm -hmm. If we look at... Um, Which was very cult counter-cultural at right. the time. Yeah. Um, 
and we look at women that provided for Paul's ministries and the role that they play. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like who are called, you know, husbands are called to love their wives. Mm-hmm. So one of the tools, one of the participatory rural appraisal tools or participatory learning, of, uh, um, PLA um, learning, <laughs> participatory learning and appraisal tools that we use is to look, we do something called the 24 hour calendar. Okay. So we'll have, we'll divide the men and women up in separate groups and we'll have the men come up with what they do from, let's say four in the morning until four the next day Mm -hmm. and then have the women do that. And then we'll have them in their groups, like start divvying up the times, like how much do you use on, how much time is used for rest? How much time is used for productive work? So Mm -hmm. like you're going to be earning an income in the, on the farm or selling in the market or whatever. And then how much is used for reproductive work? So taking care of the children, right. getting water, doing laundry, cooking. So we tally that up. And then we bring the two groups together hmm. and ask them, what do you notice? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, just to interject, sure. I feel like this could be useful everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that would be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but we'll ask, leading, we'll ask leading questions that make them... Because this is scheduled that they're coming up with. They know what right. the reality yeah. is. We're not coming and telling yeah. them anything. Right. But yeah. we'll ask them things like, okay, at 2 o'clock when both of you guys have finished in the field and you come home, what's being done now? So the men will say, like, you know, I've worked a full day. It's really hard, so I'm resting. And the woman is saying, well, I, I know that my husband has worked really hard. He's hot and sweaty, so he wants to take a bath. So I'm going, getting water. I'm boiling the water. Oh goodness, and after yeah. he bathes, he's hungry, so I am then cooking. So we look at all of these things, and we compare, and it's it's like you guys are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. And then you ask them, okay, so we we studied um, this Bible passage before about loving your wives. Do you Mm. think this is loving your wives? Mm. And have them answer. Do you think this is fair? Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you don't think it's loving your wives and you don't think it's fair, what would make it fair? Mm. So it's having them come up with that. So having that biblical foundation of knowing that... um, this is how God designed our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that because of the fall, all of those relationships are broken in some way. Mm-hmm. So I can't rely on this is how we've always done it. This is what's culturally acceptable behavior. This is male and female roles. Mm-hmm. But we have to look at all of those with a suspicion that those relationships can be broken mm-hmm. and may be broken. So then let's let's think about what can we do to make it more fair mm-hmm. and more biblical. Wow. Well, and it's, I mean, it's one of those things, it's almost intuitive that you would think our relationships, like restoring relationships is great, but it is directly connected to the restoration of like economic thriving and and that and that's you maybe don't always see that I don't know maybe you don't always see that mm-hmm. across like um it's not apparent right away but in your circumstances where you're seeing it you see that direct cons, um connection cor- yeah correlation and, and how and then so to address both you have to address both mm-hmm. yeah um, I find that really interesting 
Well, and, and one of the things that I really appreciate about, and I've seen the work in Malawi, I was there uh, half a decade ago or so, um, <laughs> is that the physical needs are so important. Um, not just the spiritual needs or something like that. I, you know, and, and I think the incarnation does tell us that, you know, the fact that God became flesh or, you know, that he needed water, you know, he even mm -hmm. asks a woman to mm -hmm. get him some water. Um, you, you, you mentioned something a little while back about, you know, when we leave, it's the churches that are still there. And that's, that's one of the things that, you know, and then I'm reflecting, I'm like, oh, well, actually, Jesus left too. <laughs> so, you know, I'm looking at the development worker, and if the development worker follows the character of Christ or the example of Christ and becomes one of the poor, gives up all this authority and, and privilege, and goes and lives in the village and becomes one of them, and this is something that challenged me deeply when I was living in Guatemala, because I had electricity, I had you know the means to have a big gas stove yeah. i had you know and a maid would come in we had just had two little babies and you know a maid would come in and do a couple hours of cleaning every day and yet i was you know helping out i was helping with some community development and i'm like but i'm not living really among them or with them um and then i left after three years and yeah i have some of some of them are friends on facebook <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, can you can you speak to that response of because you live in the capital and mm -hmm. you're working with a lot of people, mm -hmm. you're kind of coordinating all this stuff. Do you feel like you are selling out? <laughs> yeah, well, well, you said it. You said it. Uh, yeah, like what what are your sentiments towards that? Is like is it is there a better way or is this the way we have to do it? And then are we are we making an excuse that well? the churches are there or is that really the way that we have to do it like with the churches and because that's kind of how Jesus left it too he kind of came and said okay now I live through you through mm. the church I think there's I don't feel like God gives one model for mm. quote-unquote development mm. I think there's a place kind of like you know your message this Sunday about right. the body of Christ, yeah. all different parts playing mm. their role yeah. and even recognizing what I do now, I may not have any impact mm. after my project. Mm. Hopefully not, but <laughs> recognizing that yeah. I can't dictate what will happen in a community by certain actions that we perform right mm -hmm. we are much more complex beings than that mm -hmm. but knowing that i need to be faithful with what god has called me to at that moment and play that role because it could be that that introduction to let's say that the gender 24-hour calendar mm -hmm. someone else may come in and they and that person connects and says oh wow i remember doing this activity mm -hmm. and right. now it makes more sense um mm -hmm. So there's that kind of way that I see it. Um, and then I also see, like, I am taking the easier way out by working with local churches and local partners, understanding that my skin color, my education, the fact that I can afford a plane ticket mm -hmm. at any time, mm -hmm. right. if there's a coup, I can, you know, take the money from my safe and, and get a, a, you know, get out of Malawi card. Right. Mm -hmm. All of those put me um, 
in a different category and people know that they're they're not you can't take on their skin I can't like Jesus became one of them he Mm -hmm. was a carpenter he came Mm -hmm. from a poor family like he identified with his Jewish counterpart I am a Chinese American Mm -hmm. with a master's degree (laughs) with I think there are four or five credit cards in my wallet and savings and that even if they don't know the amount I have in my savings account, by the mere fact that I am there, they know I am different. Right. What I can do, though, is if we're able to find local facilitators that are willing to work in those villages, mm-hmm. and they're mm. able to take what they know, their experiences from their childhood, from their you know, Malawian culture, and they can love and care for the communities that they're working with Mm. maybe they don't have all the tools and maybe they don't know all of the tools like the 24-hour calendar but i can bring that in i can train that person i can give them that experience and they Mm. can take those tools and work in the community i think they will go a lot more farther than i will be able to like i know missionaries that Um, When they do conservation agriculture, which is a minimum tillage type of um, way they do agriculture, when they do those type of trainings, when they um, do some of of the biblical foundation stuff, they train the the trainers, but they don't go to the villages ever because they know that as soon as they show their Mm -hmm. face with their, their cars and their vehicles, it will change things. Right. That's interesting. No, I, I, mean, I like your mm-hmm. answer. <laughs> I, no, I, I, for me, that's always been a kind of a, well, then I can't do anything. Because mm. if I can't really embrace pouring out all my authority and all my privilege and just kind of living as that, then, you know, but I can, but I can pour it out in the sense that I can still care and share you know, and like like what you were saying, all the things that you can share then with local uh, development workers and church leaders and all of these things. Like that's, I think, in a sense, pouring out. So, hmm. and and becoming someone who cares, right? And I think all of us, no matter how how Christ-like we are we have so many um, chips and nicks and Mm. parts of Mm. brokenness and the way that we view the world it's still very one-dimensional and um, it's only when we rub against people that are completely different from us different cultural perspective or um, class um, whatever that we are forced to Mm -hmm. I mean even if we encounter someone that's a horrible person and that Mm -hmm. makes us angry like I think by encountering those people we also are given the opportunity to examine the lens in which we view the world Mm -hmm. so I feel like especially when we work with local facilitators they're coming with the baggage of male and traditional male and female roles they're Mm. coming with a perspective of because i've been to school i am better or they're coming what whatever whatever um um perspective they have 
it's not 100% complete. It is, it will be flawed. Mm. So I think by us working together, we're able to come up with a fuller picture of what we can do. Right. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, we were kind of talking around it a little bit, but I wanted to ask, so so part of this, I mean, what were the words you said? You said God is showing us who he is and showing us who we are. And so part of this is to talk about like an incarnate gospel, like that God came down, God and man entwined that gospel part, and then an incarnate faith out of that. So an embodied, enfleshed, and, and like so much of what you just said kind of filled that out already uh, that, um, well, if it's enfleshed, it's going to go right down to the roots of like male, female, like like the calendar in the home. That's what an enfleshed faith looks like. And it's going to address like some of those. So I, I that was great. But I think how, yeah. And all of those physical needs that are attached to all of that and how yeah. all of those views affect how we use the soil or mm -hmm. how we oh, share labor yeah. and like yeah. our physical needs are addressed by those things right or not right you know and yeah and also how like i think so often we define um what we're what we're called as christian to do as charity so we're yeah. really good about writing checks we're really great about going to soup kitchens and volunteering. Um, How about relationship building? Are we that, good at that too? No, that's hard. And that's something that I'm not good as well. Like mm. I can build a relationship with the, this partner or staff I'm working with. Right. But the, the, um, the young girl in, you mm. know... Um, in Lunzu that uh, was a girl that participated in transactional sex, she's looking for a mother figure. Do right. I want to take that on? Even though she may not come to my home and live with me, but she wants to call me. And mm -hmm. like, am I good at that? And that's, wow, that's yeah. uncomfortable and that's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and locally, like I, I live downtown here in Calgary and purposefully, you know, I wanted my kids to grow up with seeing homeless pe homelessness mm -hmm. and addictions mm -hmm. around and affluence surrounded. Like those, ju that juxtaposition is important to see. Um, and yet, I, you know, two and a half years in to living downtown, I don't have any long-term relationships with any homeless men or women. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and I think, well why why not hmm. what's stopping me from building a relationship with the guy who's been on my corner panhandling for the last two years um you know and i've given him a couple bucks here and there but you know does he know my name you know like hmm. so there's I, I think that's a difficult thing to do uh -huh. and i'm not sure why we don't or like should we so should you be that mother figure? Should you give up 20 minutes of phone time once a week or three times a day? <laughs> I don't know what that would look like, yeah. but what's your sense? I don't know. And mm -hmm. that's really hard. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, 
I mean, you we've had examples of people that have done that, like your mm. Jean Monnier and then Harry, right. Henry, Henry Now, and like they yeah. did yeah. that. They left the ivory tower and yeah. did that. It's costly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like if if I. Um, because if I entered into that relationship with that girl, it's not just 30 minutes a day or even 10 minutes a day. Right. It's it's also not as easy to use that credit card and savings or that, that little bit of money from the safe and leave Malawi if mm-hmm. there's a coup. Yeah. Because you have a daughter. Yeah. Mm. I mean, she's a teenager, so, <laughs> right. So sure. I'm not going to be, a, but it's just yeah. like she totally. wants that relationship. Yeah. And with yeah. the African context, you have like, a lot of older women are your mothers and right. yeah. so yeah. so it, it doesn't have that same connotation like, mm-hmm. like as adoption in, in US right. or Canada but sure. she wants a relationship and but I think emotionally I think it would be mm-hmm. harder to leave yeah. the country yeah. with those stronger relationships or to accept a job in Ghana right. in three years right. or do you know what I mean like right. I think it would be I think it would tie you down yeah but also knowing that all of us are broken so what is her motivation from wanting to be in a relationship with me sure and what is my motivation for saying yes it's sure hmm i don't know and do i have the time or energy to enter into a conversation to really discover that because even the discovery of what her motivation is will take time right when what we were talking about earlier is uh, how able, and this is something I struggled with living in Guatemala, was how able would you be to identify with her and she with you? Uh, because you don't have much in common. Mm-hmm. You haven't had her experiences and she hasn't had your experiences. And, you know, I, I would find myself, you know, sitting with a Guatemalan person and be like, oh, like you spend all day tilling the ground and planting corn. I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And you've never taught math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about that rain yesterday? Like, it, yeah. it, the the relationship had a, it was a lot of work, and it was, and it took and it's time, and a long time, and to build those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then yeah. how how easy was it for God to have you know? I mean, Jesus seems frustrated often with his disciples in that <laughs> in their difficulty to grasp this message of peace. Uh, mm. you know, he was patient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he he tried to be patient, um, and so here he is, you know, maybe fully understanding the grace of God, and yet trying to have a conversation with a fisherman mm-hmm. and a tax collector and a woman who's on her seventh husband, or mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been difficult too and time consuming Mm -hmm. but i'm thinking about if i do approach that relationship the tendency is for me to bring her into my world right like yeah yeah jesus didn't do that no he went into their world yeah so there's that implication yeah Yeah. ouch this yeah that's hard that's even harder this is so I mean, not resolvable, maybe, or maybe we can't see it, or maybe, I don't know, I'm going to say this, maybe it's not true, maybe we're not called to see it yet, like your role, maybe you're called to not resolve that tension. Um, 
I don't know. know. We celebrate Vanier and now and, and yeah. Teresa and, you know, we celebrate these people who did give up and entered into mm-hmm. that world. Yeah. I I mean, there's there's a role that's, I don't know if it's going to be a full conversation. <laughs> no, no, we, we. But there's a role, is there a role maybe for a prophetic embodiment? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, you have prophets who are like, they're way out in left field. Not doing everyone's their thing. a prophet. Not everyone is a prophet, and it but it does call people back to maybe a center, and then maybe one will be over here. Yeah. <laughs> like call people back, uh, but call people back to something closer to something closer. It's so I sometimes right. I think I wonder if if um, that and again like that tension of well is that just a nice excuse. Um, or, but then the flip side of that is what you were saying earlier, is the seeing um, you did grow up in the States and that is your culture, that is your particularity that you have been given and how, and all the stuff around you growing up is how God has met you, right? And so to take that somewhere else, that's valid and good. And so maybe that's okay. And like you said, like each person brings that brokenness and um, the culture and all of that together, and then something new might happen in that space. So I don't, it's not resolvable. Like the tension mm-hmm. is, it feels good, not good, but it feels um, right to like not resolve the tension, not come <laughs> to an end with it. Um, yeah, I think that tension yeah. always needs to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are um, organizations out there or communities out there that mm-hmm. try to live incarnationally, like servants. Um, and you have people living in the slums. But at the end of the day, when people did that, they realized like surviving in the slum is a full-time job. Mm. Like, Right. Yeah. And it's really hard to do ministry. And even with that group, they realized that they needed retreats from that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they, like, f- from the slums, they had another they place. They the money in the safe now and then. Or, or like, there's it. another uh, house that they could go to with right. electricity and running water. And they yeah. can go there and yeah. watch Netflix or whatever. Yeah. And then it gives them strength to go back to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm talking, kind of going a bit wider lens here, but does there something to, from like your position, your work, what do you see as being needed to be able to have a a thriving life? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So living in a slum, that's not a thriving life. Mm-hmm. Like, or, I mean, there's good life there. Of course, God meets, there's goodness in those moments too, but you're doing so much business of this, there's no, where's the flourishing or how is the flourishing? I'm not sure if I'm saying this well, right. Well, I mean, I do see your work as incarnational. <laughs> I, yeah. just, I wanted to know where the tension was and yeah. if there was tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I do see that and you're far from home. So, you know, I can mm-hmm. see that, you know, and that distance and, you know, on the way here, I was asking, you know, so it's not a furlough. It's, you know, it's a working trip where mm-hmm. you're visiting mm-hmm. all these, all these churches and, and all these communities and, so what is it that you need as in, incarnational work, community development worker um, away from home being sent to live among the poor in Malawi 
and to equip them and to um, you know point out where God is working in their communities what is it that you need as as life <laughs> to, to bring to make sure you're alive yeah it's it, it's hard to answer that because mm-hmm. there are creature comforts that I will resort to yeah. and turn to yeah. um, that that still connects me to the Western world. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends that work for the U.S. Embassy, and with that comes a lot of the luxuries that I'm used to living in the West. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. so in terms of like, there are kind of like the sugar coating and the and the whatever yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sustains me. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 hesitant to use the word incarnation because oh, yeah? with that I feel like there's when I see <clears throat> when I think of incarnation I think of 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 Jesus like yeah. mm-hmm. like he completely left heaven and his mm. status and completely immersed himself into Jewish culture but not mm. even like the you know the upper echelon of Jewish culture but right. like right yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I am not even close to that. Mm. So, and but you're doing it more than me. <laughs> but no, do, right? am I? I don't know. Aren't you? I, I don't know. Like I you so. have a car. I have a car. Oh, you well, have. That's the case. Well, yeah. I mean, like, but, but like <laughs> wherever we are, she's just doing it okay. in Malawi. Yeah, it's only geography. But mm. all the creature okay. comforts that. Maybe not like if you want to go to a Thai restaurant, you can't. I can't. But that's but like. And if I can, you know, when Arcade Fire comes to town, I'm like, woohoo! I right. get to go. You right. don't. Right. You don't get to go. But I get to go on a safari, and I get oh. to go to the beach. Yeah. So I mean, like, there. We have the mountains. Okay, this is just a uh, kissing contest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, These are I don't. My luxuries. I I don't want to paint myself as this like self-sacrificing person. Like, whoa, look, I'm going to Malawi because. The fact of the matter is, is that yeah. I feel like my life is really rich. Mm. I get to do something that I find interesting, and it's very easy to to feel rewarded and rewarding right. f- for my field because it's like mm. I'm helping people. Like yeah, yeah, and I can pat myself on the back, and it feels oh, good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's harder <laughs> for other people to do that, so I don't feel like I'm sacrificing that much. Okay. To do what I'm doing. Okay. Yes. I it takes me thirty hours to travel from where I am to my parents. Yeah. And I don't get to see them often. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I I don't see that. But um kind of like what we started with earlier, I feel like all of us have a role to play and it and it's for seasons. Mm-hmm. I am not I may not be called to this. For the next 10 20 years mm-hmm. it could be that it's only for another five years i don't know i i feel like i'm very open to what god is calling me to and i know it's also very selfish like i wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't personally rewarding for me mm. if i wasn't having fun quote unquote mm. yeah. Um, yeah 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 um, well i mean there's the thing too i mean jesus ministry was short yeah mm-hmm. i would have been nice if he was around for like maybe another 30 years <laughs> you know teaching and maybe mm-hmm. getting into asia minor and north africa and maybe to india and like building his church maybe having more than 12 disciples 
and really like really embedding the gospel um yeah so i mean that resonates with me too is that no we can't do it all all the time and and i think part of what christ shows us through the incarnation too is that yeah those creature comforts or those things we enjoy are good and important so it is important to enjoy good food Thai food (laughs) (laughs) and the beach and Hmm. family yeah so yeah it just strikes me like understanding the incarnation and an incarnational gospel it's not even and then living out of that it's not even necessarily exactly self-sacrifice that's not not the exact direct correlation sacrifice is good and like a kenosis that kind of emptying um which you do do when you learn from someone and not assume Mm -hmm. so that's a Mm -hmm. it may might not be totally a physical living right beside and living as if you were one of them but a kenosis enough that you you put yourself down to here Mm -hmm. and learn in that way um but i'm really i'm loving how this conversation went to an incarnational understanding of our faith and what Jesus does in the world is has a lot to do with with the body, the different parts coming together and meeting. That's, uh, I don't know, I think a part I want to explore more about mm-hmm. out yeah. of this conversation. And, and much of what you do in working with those local churches, right? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that is kind of awakening or, yeah. you know, trying to cultivate Christ's body in that community. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I see my role more as. Right. It's like people are there. Yeah. Um, they may not be awoken or awakened to the role that they sh- can be playing. Right. And my role coming into those communities is to to kind of yeah question and help people to discover that a bit more. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to your book, Walking with the Poor, Mm -hmm. is that, like, if we have this image of, like, what we should be, we could, it's so easy to develop a God complex. Mm -hmm. But when I see myself as, like, part of a bigger story, and I only need to play this small role, that I can do. Mm. Like, if I'm only supposed to do that, that I can handle. If you want me to do something broader and bigger, that freaks me out. And (laughs) I may not want to sacrifice so much of my creature comforts for that. Right. But you call me to Malawi. You call me to working with these partners. You call me, like, you know, two years first, three years, and then two years. I can do that. That I can manage. Um, And I know that if I am faithful with a lot of hiccups and goof-ups <laughs> in the process, but um, we serve a bigger God that can is that covers a multitude of mistakes and sins. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and since the, the point where we're recording this in May um, of 2019, uh, just a couple months ago, uh, Mozambique has uh, well and is still suffering through. A uh, couple uh, typhoons. Um, can you share a little bit of what uh, World Renew has been doing there? So Cyclone Adai, oh, cyclone. Yeah. yes, mm-hmm. because we're whatever yes. part of the world. Um, it hit Mozambique, um, Zimbabwe, and Malawi. Mm-hmm. Um, Mozambique, Beira area was the hardest hit. Mm. 
and then um, Malawi, southern region, um, was hit as well. There was about a little 800,000 and close to 900,000 people that were affected. So World Renew, um, because of our physical presence in Malawi, in that geographic area, we have Eagles Relief and Development already working there. Mm -hmm. So we're providing close to a million dollars in terms of response for the next four months. Um, And it's funded a lot through... Um, Canadian Food Grains Bank. So okay. if you're a Canadian and you donate to World Renew with disaster response, I, your government is matching um, like four to one. So yeah. right. Um, so we realize that immediate food response is needed. So since a lot of people lost their homes, they lost their field where they are doing agriculture, and this is their food for the whole year. So they've lost all of that during the cyclone. Many of them have moved to internally displaced camps. So that could be at schools, at hospitals, at churches. And they're building temporary shelters made of like plastic sheets and and branches and rope that's tied together. So we're providing food for four months, um, kind of the half ration. So it's not even enough Mm. for a family of five or six or seven. But it's... it's, um, Subsistence. Yeah. I mean, not enough, like... Like it, their their nutrition. Is that one meal a day? Well, okay. it's um. It depends on how you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but that is what um all the different NGOs. That is what the World Food Program is providing because that's what's available, mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that what we give to is in line with everyone else, so that right. it doesn't pro, you know start more tension. But what we're also doing, that we're providing seeds, seedlings, and cuttings so that people can try to grow things so that in three months and four months they can hopefully harvest right. something that they can eat as well. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's what we're doing um, mm. in uh, five different... Um, IDP camps and then three different villages and in Mozambique because our projects aren't in that geographic location um, through some of the consortiums and alliances that we're a part of we're providing money for people that are doing it there um, to respond okay thanks Faye thank you this has been really good it's been amazing the Central Public Library here in downtown Calgary, uh, where the Luke's Coffee Shop graciously gives us coffee we for, pay for it. We money. Pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and music provided by Jennifer Oikawa. You can find her album Escape Plan to Canada uh, by the Jen Oikawa Trio on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your music. Mm-hmm.